Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Pickup. This is Dan. I'm joined by my co-host, Ben, here. Missed you guys while we were away for a little bit, but we are back and excited. Ben, slightly sad, actually, because the Celtics game had just ended. We were filming this as of Wednesday night. Tough ending there, but overall, very thrilling game, and we are super happy to have the NBA season starting back up, um, even with crushing losses happening for both our teams on the opening opening tips. Um, we got a good schedule though for you guys today. Um, definitely some updates for Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving as that continues to crowd news and media circles within the league. Um, we're going to cover the opening night games, um, talk about some of the highlights with Milwaukee, Brooklyn, LA, and Golden State. Lots to discuss there. And um, like I said, we're excited to be back and talk about this with you guys. So first off, Ben, just want to check in. How excited are you for this season? I know after these first couple, first two days here, you might have mixed emotions as of our filming date, but overall. No, it's great. I mean, to be able to turn on basketball at 4 p.m. our time, Dan, and just watch it throughout the day, bouncing between games again, using league pass. It's amazing. It's the best time of the year. Totally agree. And like I said, it was it was so fun to echo that Ben for me to turn off my my Cavs game when I found out we lost really kind of had that the Memphis Grizzlies kind of wrap that up and then just switch instantly to the Celtics game which was really a thrilling game to come down the stretch double overtime so that was really fun at least to turn that on as a just NBA fan right after like you said just just playing to catch up on great time of the year but to get going for this episode let's talk about Ben Simmons because it seemed like things were going to take a turn there with him returning to Philly. Like, okay, maybe I'll buy in for a little bit, maybe boost my stock. We didn't really know which way that was going. And then all of a sudden we get reports or sorry, we see a video of him with his phone. First off his phone on in his pocket. Like we can see the screen um, just looks completely disengaged at practice. And apparently he was thrown out by doc rivers after he declined several times to sub in for a drill. And he was fined and he was actually suspended from their season opener. So honestly, and Joel Embiid having some comments here too, saying he's like not here to babysit um, and things like that. What do you think about the situation? Does it feel kind of like James Harden-esque last year to start the year when he was trying to force his way out? Do you think Simmons is going to get moved here really soon? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I find it hard for Simmons to play many games for the Sixers before something happens here um you know at first like the news that he was even in Philly was surprising and it was under the radar um kind of surprises people you're like oh maybe we've turned turned a leaf here and he's ready to commit you know get back to the team or maybe he's just like thinking to himself was like okay I'll try to boost my trade value back up you know make sure interested parties are like watching me kind of go back to work this season and then uh, we get all these reports from practice and you're like okay this was not what was going on um he's clearly still set on the page of not wanting to be here uh in philly and so i think we're i mean i think it's at an impasse i mean we saw kind of the links james harden went to obviously james harden had much more in his resume than ben does right now um when that happened with houston um, so we'll see kind of what teams are still monitoring the situation. I did see a league exec say, you know, if this is how he acts when, um, 
when things kind of are against him right now, I mean, who, who would want that on your team? Obviously, you're going to have a lot of different opinions. I think there are tons of teams that would want Ben Simmons on their roster still. Um, but as far as what they'd be willing to pay for him, that's a whole different story, um, especially with this added drama here. Yeah, and I have to echo that, and that's a good point, because with James Harden, uh, you hadn't really seen a lot of drama around him up until that trade request, right? Like, he was a guy that um, had played very, very well, had reached really high levels, obviously, with the MVP, and even though his playoff success has been spotty, he's had some team success in terms of, like, reaching some conference finals and, and things of that nature when he was in Houston. So it's like when you when the Nets were training for that guy, like they were confident because it's like, okay, he he's done here. He just wants out where Simmons it's like, there has been some rumblings of drama still in the past with him of maybe not like taking it seriously in terms of his growth and working on his um, weaknesses in terms of getting better as an NBA player. He has definitely that star level talent to him because of what he's already accomplished, multiple all-stars, like defensive teams, um, and a threat for a triple-double any night. But I feel like as a team, I would be concerned because he's having this attitude, and it's just like, what is he going to bring to my team? Like, is he going to just be thrilled? Does he only want to – if or sorry, does, is he going to be thrilled to be here and just be out of that situation? Is, is he going to be just kind of like moody and upset because he didn't go exactly where he wanted to go, even though he's got a huge contract left still? I believe it's four years um so i just yeah i'd be worried there's a lot of teams involved cleveland's actually one of them and i just even though like from a talent perspective yes i think he would make our team better but you still need like a good locker room to be successful like you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't get along um or at least you if you can't even function together like it's it's not going to work so it's got it's definitely got me concerned in that regard. And I think it'll be interesting to see how quickly this, this affects Philadelphia and, and if it affects some of the kind of stock they're able to ask for too, and trying to get a move. Cause if I was Philly too, I wouldn't want that presence and that, that kind of cloud over my organization for too long here to start off the regular season. Yeah. And if I'm Cleveland, I don't even know how Simmons fits there right now. Um, obviously his defense would be great, but um, with the contract Jared Allen just signed, we're already talking about the size and spacing issues that might come play with who Cleveland has kind of brought in on that roster here. I don't know if – actually, I don't think it gets any better um, adding in Simmons and having Allen and him and uh, Evan Mobley or Lowry Markinen. Like, you have so much size there where you'd have to do a lot of mix-up with those bigs because I think Simmons has kind of proven he's he's like a power forward. Yeah, he can bring the ball up the court, but um, I think he's probably better suited to be playing that power forward position with a spacing big. No, I agree with you too. I think that would be the best fit for him, and so it's going to be interesting to see how, how this situation develops. Um, obviously, we'll continue to have our eyes on it, and it will continue to be in the, the media for – as as long as Simmons is a 76er. So, um, but let's jump to our next topic here, Ben. We got um, the Kyrie Irving update as well. So initially it seemed like Irving was going to be able to participate on like a part-time basis for the Nets and play in their away games. 
but the Nets came out and said that, um, hey, if you're not going to be a full participator, we're just we're not going to have you. So he's almost kind of being um, removed from the team for the time being until either he and the state slash state and city of New York um, come to like an agreement for his his vaccination status or if he just gets the vaccine and then he's he's clear to play. So it's interesting because he went on like an Instagram live talking about it. Um, and obviously the Nets first game didn't go too well. And Kyrie's a big part of that team and how that team's constructed and why it's constructed that way. So what do you think about this Kyrie situation? Do you think it's going to get resolved soon? You know, I think I honestly think giving the ultimatum was was smart on Brooklyn's part. Obviously, with with Harden and Durant there, you obviously have enough top talent to compete with anyone. Still, um, obviously, you would love to have the luxury of Kyrie being a part of that. Still, but I think it's smart to not have him coming and going, playing every single road game. Um, never like outside of that, you'd never really know like when you would see him maybe like obviously Toronto has their limitations too. So those are some road games that he would miss. Um, so I think it just, it honestly makes things more complicated. And so I kind of, I respect the Nets for their stance as like an organization to say, Hey, we want you here, but we want you here for the, the full thing. So we're going to wait till we kind of figure that out. Obviously this whole situation has affected his contract negotiations as well. Um, him and Harden were both kind of eligible to, sign extensions is off season, but you know, part of me thinks Kyrie will come back here. Uh, and this is just me purely guessing. I could see it maybe going a month. Um, mm-hmm. We'll kind of see how their record goes. Um, but if they kind of, if they look like they did the other night, and they're struggling a little bit because obviously their team was built around these contracts. They sacrificed a lot. They obviously got in a lot of veteran talent, but um, defensively they will struggle and they lost massive firepower with Irving gone. That kind of made them kind of counteract that, that deep, that lack of defense. Um, so, I mean, I could kind of see maybe not Harden, but Durant kind of being in Kyrie's ear there if we get kind of into this and the Nets aren't really meeting some expectations. I could but, definitely agree with you there. But, I mean, it's definitely – it's going to be something to monitor. It's going to – same thing with Simmons because whatever happens there is going to drastically change the NBA landscape for this upcoming season. Yeah, and um, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, actually. What do you think happens first? Kyrie returns to the Nets or Ben Simmons gets traded? I think Simmons would get moved before Kyrie comes back. I think I, I have I think a feeling after, Simmons. Yeah, I think after the whole phone in the pocket situation, I might agree with you. Go ahead, though. Lab, what, why do you think that? I, yeah, I just if, – if this were happening before, I, I think I'd say Kyrie, but after the most recent news and being thrown out of practice, it's – I don't know how much longer you could have that around because he's going to play here. He was only suspended one game. Yeah. So there's going to be games, there's going to be practices. The team is clearly frustrated with him as far as the players. We've heard what Embiid said. We've heard what Danny Green has said. So I have a hard time seeing him stick around. I'd be kind of surprised if Kyrie came back before Simmons was moved. Yeah, 
I think that's a good point. Um, and speaking on another thing you said too, where Durant instead of Harden would kind of be in Kyrie's ear. It was interesting to hear Harden get interviewed about Kyrie and he quickly responded. He's like, no, I haven't talked to Kyrie. Like he, it seemed like it was irritating to him to even discuss the subject. Um, and obviously like, I, I can understand why, because again, their whole team was constructed around the three of them and the three of them being extremely offensive, do, offensively dominant to put themselves in a position to compete and win. And with Duran Harden, you still have a chance to do that. Um, but it's it obviously it, it drastically affects them and how their roster was constructed. And they're going to have to adjust without a guy like Irving. But I think it's, it's, it's got to be an irritated situation for, for both of those teams, right? And teammates. And, and I do think if I had to guess now, I, I'd agree with you. I think Simmons would get moved before Irving comes back just because that seems like it's something that Irving might be able to wait out. Like he might be willing to wait out a little bit longer maybe than some guys. Yeah, and I think with Harden's statements there too where he was kind of quick to say he hadn't talked to Kyrie, I think it's, it's very clear that Kyrie and Harden came to Brooklyn because of Kevin. Mm-hmm. They didn't come there for each other. They both came to Brooklyn because of Kevin Durant. So yeah. he's going to be kind of the piece that I think keeps them together if they're able to do something this year or bring them back together in Kyrie's case. Um, if not, I find it hard to see him sitting out the whole season. I, I don't know how long it would go just because it's a substantial amount of money that he's leaving on the table but maybe long enough here to keep it in the storyline, keep kind of uh, voicing the message that he um, he kind of wants to put out there now. Um, but I think he also needs to realize if he's on the court, he's also going to have a platform. So, and probably a bigger one than, than sitting out here. So, so we'll see. Um, both have been kind of ongoing stories here for us and they're going to keep going that way. Yeah, you're completely right. And We'll continue to update you guys as listeners with um, the most up-to-date information on both of those situations. Um, and uh, I mean, I can't wait to keep discussing about, like you said, Ben, whatever happens with either of these um, is going to change the landscape of the NBA. If Irving sits out, um, if he does sit out for the whole season, it will drastically make the East more competitive, I think, um, and more wide open than it was. And then for, for Simmons, like wherever he gets traded to, that's going to be, a huge deal for that team and whatever Philly's able to get back in return. Um, who knows? So switching topics now, Ben, um, instead of talking about the drama, let's talk about the positives of opening night. First off, just want to shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Very cool to see them hang their banner, um, get their championship rings, uh, especially for Giannis. That was pretty sweet. And, and they actually had some really cool rings designed too. I mean, I feel like they consistently, every team is trying to one up each other year after year on that regard, but <laughs> overall, very cool. I was shocked though, about how quick the bucks jumped on the nets here. Obviously, like we said, and everyone knows Kyrie Irving is not playing. So the nets are a different team, but the nets and bucks did be, or sorry, did go in a very competitive series last year. And that was without Kyrie as well. So, there was one lead change, and that was at the very beginning. Milwaukee jumped on them. Um, first quarter started 37-25, and they just didn't look back. They cruised, ended up winning this game 127-104. Uh, 
Um, they looked like they were in full control the whole time. Um, kind of, and it's kind of a change of pace because I feel like a lot of times we see that these um, ring ceremonies are emotional and the teams that are the previous champions kind of come out and they're, they're not focused, but Milwaukee looked locked in Ben. Um, the only kind of net to really, really shine was, was Kevin Durant. I mean, James Harden, he was efficient from the outside, but not very efficient overall, like 37% from the field. Um, oh, I mean, granted, the Nets, like I said, struggled. No one really was a positive blocks score outside of, it looks like, Patty Mills. So, oh, Patty Mills and then Marcus Aldridge was a plus two. So, there's two players. Um, but overall, that was, it was a tough, tough game for Brooklyn. What do you think about this one, Ben? Um, and were you surprised to see kind of Milwaukee come together and, and look so great? Yeah, and I think it's just – I was surprised. I think it goes with what you were kind of saying there with, like, the emotions of, you know, that championship fatigue. Um, I thought Brooklyn would kind of have a little fight in them too because of how that um, series between them ended in the quarterfinals there in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. But, um, yeah, I mean – I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, Milwaukee definitely came out here, though, and made a massive statement that they should still be the team to be, like, reckoned with. And they should be the ones with the targets on their back, not not Brooklyn, not the Lakers, not the two talks of the offseason. Like, these guys are the defending champs here for a reason, and they're trying to prove that what happened last year wasn't a product of – injuries or what their path was or whatever anyone wants to say to kind of try and discredit what they did um they want to get back to this title defense and they made a hell of a statement yeah i have to say it's been it's been interesting to see Giannis this season i mean the percentages wasn't there in the first game one of four from the outside but preseason and then in this first game he just looked at least a little bit more comfortable shooting from out there and his shot looked like a little bit more fluid so I will say that if, if that continues to develop because we saw how Grady was shooting from the even the free throw line um, in that last finals game. So if it's just something that could make him even more dangerous and make the Nets as a whole, not the Nets, sorry, the Bucks as a whole more dangerous too. And like you said, I think this came out and they're like, hey, we, we do need to be respected here. We're the champions and everyone's got to beat us first before, um, before anyone else. So overall, Ben, though, do you have any more thoughts on this game? Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, it doesn't make me think any less of Brooklyn. Um, I, I don't think James Harden is going to shoot 30-some percent the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think the other guys are going to find a way to kind of adapt for the absence of Irving. In the meantime, this team is still an offensive juggernaut. Um, they were just playing a very, very good experienced Milwaukee team again so and that team's been together for a long time and they'll be getting Devin Shinzo back here at some point in the season so that's something to kind of watch as well but I mean the Nets are still probably the favorite to be in that top two seed conversation yeah um, I also just want to shout out and say that the Nets should be playing Cam Thomas um, more if Kyrie is going to continue to sit out. He only got three minutes of run last night, and that dude looked like someone who would just go get a bucket. So my only shout out, like Ben said, though, this doesn't make me think any less of the Nets. Um, both these teams should be top of the East 
um, regardless of the Kyrie situation too for Brooklyn's side. But um, it was surprising to see Milwaukee kind of jump on them so aggressively. But Dan, the champs looked good. Um, let's jump to the next one though, Ben, because this was also kind of a surprise. We had the Golden State Warriors upsetting the Lakers 121 to 114 at Staples Center. Um, God, it was just this one shocked me. Like LeBron and Anthony Davis looked absolutely dominant. Obviously, this is going to be a huge adjustment for the Lakers because their whole entire roster was overhauled. Um, but, but man, like it was kind of funny because Steph Curry had a, a triple double and he came out and said, I played like, I played terrible and his team still won. And yes, he didn't shoot very well. He shot 521. So honestly, he shot really bad, but shoot, the Warriors looked pretty good, like a deep team, just like a really competitive team. Um, any thoughts or, or takeaways right from, from this Lakers game, Ben, and the Warriors upset win? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Jordan Poole looked great for them. So it'll be interesting to see kind of that situation with Clay coming back and kind of how their lineup is going to look if uh, Poole kind of shifts out of the starting, becomes a really, really nice six-man for him to kind of take guard minutes there away from Stephen Clay. Um, or maybe play a little small ball. Obviously, you can get Draymond there at the five, Wiggins at the four, and then have those three guards there. I think that's a really interesting lineup for him. Um, pretty sure Isaiah Thomas was out there tweeting he's got pool for most improved after this game. He's got quite a bit of opportunity here um, for himself, which will be interesting to monitor. But, I mean, Steph, I mean, that's why he's, he's one of the best all time. He found other ways to impact the game. He still finished with 21 points, even though he made five baskets. So mm-hmm. um, he found a way to make an impact. And I think the Warriors should be – should be considered. I know they, they missed out on the plan last year, but this team is more talented, um, some younger talent, but then they will be getting clay back. And so I think the Warriors should be considered there for, um, I mean, watch out for them to be kind of trying to get in that top five speed range for this year. The Lakers, I, I don't think you can be giving DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard 25 to 30 minutes combined i i think you need to play small with all those people you brought in anthony davis needs to get in there at the five especially with how defenses have been playing russell westbrook here these past couple seasons Mm -hmm. you can't afford to have two guys that the defense is just going to leave wide open on the three there were still shots there anthony davis out there even with mellow and malik monk on the court he was still being like every single defender was hedging over to Anthony Davis in a post up so hard. So they're going to need to find a way to figure out the spacing on the court. And I think the best way to do that is the Davis at the five. Um, But I know that's something he has not wanted to do for a big chunk of his career, but I think to make this work with Westbrook and obviously he's not going to shoot four of 13 every single game i know he's not always been the most efficient player but it's not going to be 30 percent every single night russell westbrook is going to prove to laker fans that he's still russell westbrook i don't expect a major drop off from him he's going to have a great season but for them to be in a playoff series to kind of after watching this first game 
I think we just need to figure out kind of the lineup instructions. Obviously, Dwight and DeAndre are great pieces to have. They're very intimidating shot blockers, big bodies there to kind of go in and um, obviously flirt with double doubles every single night. But with the current roster construction, we're going to need to figure out spacing there. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent point that you brought up, Ben, because a lot of people were already freaking out after one game. If I'm a Laker fan, I am not freaking out right now. Yes, you would have loved to win that game, but the Warriors have a lot of returning talent too um, and more of the same constructed team. So that that unit's going to function better right off the get-go where, where LA has a lot of pieces to figure out. And one of them, like you said, right now is just the ideal lineups. And so... Russell Westbrook is is definitely going to play better. It's just he also needs to adjust because I, he had a very low usage rate in this game. And that's something that he's going to have to get used to as well, playing alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis. He's no longer the primary focus on his team. Um, LeBron, I mean, Anthony Davis should consistently be one of their top scorers and leading scorers because that's when he's dominant like that. Um, whatever team he's been on, it's been it's been lethal. LeBron and Westbrook, I think, will have to kind of balance between playmaking and and deferring to one another here, especially LeBron being in, in year 19, you know. It's just – but really in that pecking order, like Westbrook comes up as third to me, right? Like he is the third star. So it's just something that he's going to have to adjust with or at least the Lake, the two other Lakers stars are going to have to also like help him adjust Um the shooting, though, is, is not something I'm concerned about because we all knew this was going to be an issue. So <laughs> it's like the outside shot. It's it's Russell Westbrook's got to get to paint and, like, attack and, like, finish in the inside because that's when he's most lethal and most effective. And then the rest of the Lakers, I think it's just going to be figuring out everyone's ideal role. This is just the first game, and we've got AD1 more to go for the Lakers to really hit their stride and, and figure this thing out. But I was honestly super happy to see LeBron in year 19 looking like nothing slowing him down. I mean, 34 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. Uh, I'm a steal blocking shot, 56 from the field, 45 from, from deep. Like, he still looks like one of the best players in the league. So if, if he looks like that and Anthony Davis is healthy, I mean, the Lakers will be competitive no matter what the rest of their roster looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty sure I, I might have said he's still the best player in the NBA here in one of our previous episodes. And you did, you did, you did. <laughs> so. Good point, but good point. Um, no, well, I, and I'm not worried. Like, same thing goes for the night. I'm not worried about the Lakers, but I do think they need to have some serious conversations about how they're going to manage their lineups. Like, that's my takeaway. Do I? I'm not freaking out about them not being a contender, not making playoffs or anything. Obviously, they're still in contention. But to reach their maximum potential, I think after watching that game, there will need to be some kind of fidgeting with lineups. I could I could see them kind of throwing out a lot of different things here within this first month of the season. Yeah, and I do want to highlight, too, there were some kind of key inactives for, for players that, excuse me, will still be – good contributors for the Lakers, like uh, Trevor Ruiz on the win, who's been a reliable 3-and-D player his whole career. Wayne Ellington, who was one of the more efficient shooters that they brought in, was also not playing. 
Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who people think is going to be a very versatile two-way player for the Lakers, was out, as well as Kendrick Nunn, who was really an underrated signing for them and can provide some nice scoring and shooting off the bench. bench. So it's just like this was the first game for the Lakers. They have a, they had a couple key guys that will be contributors, I think, for them moving forward for this whole year out. And they've just got, like, again, a lot to figure out in terms of how that roster is going to going to look and how everyone's going to adjust in their new roles. And that's up to Frank Vogel to figure out. So um, it will be like, we'll just add it to our list of storylines, right. To keep an eye on because it will be something that they're going to have to adjust to any other, and there takeaways though, Ben from opening night overall two very like, I mean, I'd say the last, the Warriors Lakers game was more entertaining because Milwaukee was in control for a lot of that, but still two fun games to kind of open the year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you would love for every single game to be nail-biter, come down to the last shot, but we got to watch four teams here that have all been in contention within the last five years or so and obviously have some of the biggest names in the league now playing for them all on the first day of the season. So I don't think there was much more you could have asked for. Uh, congratulations again in Milwaukee. Their design team on the rings, being able to change that into a necklace. Yeah, that was a really out. neat feature. <laughs> shout um, out there. But that was really cool. Cool atmosphere there. Milwaukee was going crazy. It's fun to see stadiums at full capacity and have NBA back here officially. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great year. Agreed, Ben. Uh, excellent way to kind of wrap us up here. Um, we'll be back though next week to discuss more games that have happened, right? More storylines that do come out. Obviously, Ben and I are hyped because instead of coming up with topics to, to discuss for you guys during the offseason, we get to actually just break down games and performances and, and maybe a little speculation and rumors for teams trying to improve. So we're very excited about this um, and excited to kind of get just dive right into the year. It's going to be a great year. But Feel free to um, send us ideas on what you guys want us to cover in terms of teams or specific games. Um, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media. And this is another episode of The Pickup.